Abba Yahweh, thank you for this morning, my breath, this day, the day that you have made, making a way for me to get to your house and worship yesterday, Father. Great message, awesome message for our guest speaker. Thank you for leading him. Thank you for getting me there and home. Thank you just for your many blessings, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom with anyone who has an ear to hear, Father. Thank you for the opportunity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So my reading, I was thinking about some things, but the Holy Spirit has got me going to a different direction and sort of ties in. Some of you may have heard the um, an old adage around military guys, and, and we used to hear it in the Marines all the time. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And kind of a kind of a push to go forward, to go forward, to go forward, to keep moving, keep going, keep going, not to give up. Well, we're told the same thing in the Bible in actuality. And we are called and we are told that we are in a spiritual warfare. And you have many label heads and self-proclaimed Christians that deny that that's true. But see, that's because Satan is working in them and they're believing the white noise. It's just like when you try to share about Satan and you try to share his deception and you share the things that are going on and warning others about the enemy that's there and real and they deny it and they try to use sentences or they put things together like, oh, that's just worshiping the devil. When you're talking about him so much, you're glorifying him. Well, no, you're not. Was... Jesus, our Lord, glorifying Satan when he was warning and teaching about him and telling the disciples that he's sending them out, but he's concerned because he sends them out amongst the wolves. And when he was talking about the wolves, he expressed those that are in false teachings and false doctrine and following the devil and talking about the demons that will come for them. Peter described them as ravening wolves, and he also described them as lions, and that he described Satan as a lion out in the bush, roaring and causing fright and disturbance. There were several of the apostles that wrote about the devil and the warning to us as disciples to be aware of his tactics. So talking about him is not glorifying him. The focus is on the Lord, but the understanding of the movements and the tactics of the enemy is important. And we are told that we are in a spiritual warfare. Satan is trying to capture our souls and keep us away from God and keep us from getting what God has intended for us to have. And as his children, if you accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son and that he came and he died for you. And remember, you're not the only one that's going through tough things. So you read the scripture and you go to the Garden of the Gethsemane when Jesus was up there and took the disciples up there to pray 
and talked to God and he went back to check on them and they had all gone to sleep and he felt so alone because they couldn't even stay awake with him. And that's when they came. That's when the Romans came. That's when the temple guards came and when the Herodians came. He had these three separate gangs of thugs that all got together and Judas was up there with the elders and the captain of the temple guards and walked up and kissed Jesus on the cheek and betrayed him. And you say, well, what's that got to do with the tough get going and all this? Well, excuse me, Jesus was praying so fervently that his capillaries around his face, they burst. He was sweating blood because he was in such fervent prayer. He actually asked God, the Father, and they had planned all this together. If there was any other way to take this cup from me, what was he talking about? He was talking about the crucifixion and dying on the cross. He knew it was coming. But then in this, in the very same breath he turned, he said, not my will, but thine be done. And about that time, all the thugs showed up. You think it wasn't tough for Jesus? Jesus, you let's not forget this. And this is very important. That Jesus came, was born in a stable, laid in a manger to sleep, and the shepherds came and found him. And then sometime after, the Magi showed up, and they knew that this child was the one that they had read the prophecies about and that they had followed the star charts to find and God led them there and they confessed that he was the true king of all. And then you have the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin. They didn't even believe the words of the prophet and they denied him. And these wise men, the Magi, came from different countries and different parts of the world. They hadn't even heard the teaching, but they knew who he was, who he is, and who he shall be. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above all names, and they traveled all those miles to come, and they bowed their knees, they bowed their heads, and they removed their crowns because they knew that they were in the presence of the one true king. So, saying that to say this, any out there that are claiming to be Christians and they can't keep going, I have a difficult time in what I'm going through. And the devil knows this and he keeps coming and trying to put that white noise interference in there. He tries to get me to deny. He tries to get me to uh, run the opposite way. And I pray the Holy Spirit and the strength of the Spirit to guide me and take my steps because my God, the faith in my Lord, the empirical evidence that I have seen time and time and time and time again shows me that my father's promises are true 
that he is always with me and what I have, I need and not what I want. And there's a lot of things here. Satan keeps trying to pour this stuff out onto me. Oh, you got to have this. You got to have this. You got to get this. You got to get it. No, I don't. No, I don't. We, he gets us so stirred up in our thought process that we confuse what we want with what we need. Oh, I need to get that. I need, man, I need to get that. I need to get that. I need to get that. And uh, <laughs> I chuckle because when I went into two of my favorite places, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, and where do I go? I go to the tool bin, is what they call it, but it was a whole bunch of aisles set up and oh my goodness gracious, and I'd find tools that I couldn't have, I could not do without. I had to have them. No, I didn't. I didn't need them. I wanted them. But there's a difference. You have to understand there is a profound difference between needing and wanting. And so many people, they believe they have to have these big old houses. They have to have all these cars. And here's an interesting thing. I'm going to share this with you. It keeps us right in line in what we're doing. So I think that the spirit is guiding them and it's okay. I actually had some individuals that I knew would come acquainted with and, and uh, they were quite wealthy. And there were some that were friends of the family when my father was still a firefighter and they had come in contact and, and uh, they actually went to our church. They were, they were millionaires. But there's a difference because, you know, we see all these people flying around, they've got all these cars on it, but their debt is a little different than what the regular Joe's got. They're in debt just like everybody else. Why? Because they sign their lives away. They sign these documents and they agree to these things. Those cars don't belong to them. Leases, uh, they're buying them just like everybody else and, and the payments and the houses, they don't own those houses. The banks own those houses. They don't own them, and they're making these huge, giant, they're making mortgage payments that are two and three times what the average Joe is making, but they're still making payments. And there's some of you out there that might say, well, what's the point of that? It's still different. Look at, look at the house. Yeah, but it's not theirs. And any given time, at any given time, something may happen, and that floor gives way and they collapse and they fall into the basement and what's in the basement nothing darkness dank the money's gone and there are homeless people that i have run into that were at one time had a lot of money they owned companies and they got cheated the money was either stolen from them or something went wrong bad investments and the money's gone and they have nothing and they live on the street. I believe I shared this one with you with the gentleman who now speaks to me, was quiet, would never talk to anybody, didn't talk to anybody. And I just kept being kind to him and nice to him and come to find out that the backstory of this man is that he has three PhDs. He was a college professor and he lost his entire family. I'm not talking about just a, a bunch of people in the fact he lost his entire family. He was on a sabbatical and when he returned, 
there was a fire in that. The whole place, everybody, everyone perished. Everyone died from this plane of existence. They died. Hopefully they didn't perish. But he is alone in on this world, this plane of existence that we're in. And they're gone. He went on a sabbatical, a learning break from his college, and he went to another university, and he was learning while he was away and came back to find that done. The word tells us that tomorrow is not promised. When things take place, we must keep going forward. Hold on to the strong, righteous right hand of Lord God Almighty. Continue forward. We are in a spiritual battle. The the enemy wants us to give up. He does not want us to keep moving forward. He does not want us to have the armor on. He wants us to keep failing to put the pieces of the armor on. He doesn't want us to prepare in the gospel. Remember, you have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. What's that mean? That means that before you go out and you share the word, before you go into battle, that you got to be in the word. So you're prepared to go out and engage in this battle if you must. But the Holy Spirit will tell you what fight is your fight. And the Holy Spirit will fight our fights for us. We have angelic beings that are around us all the time. And I've shared this with you before. If you could see what happens on the spiritual plane of existence, it is around us all the time. You would be so scared. You would be so frightened. You have no idea. And God keeps us from that. He protects us from that because it's a frightening place to be. I know where from I speak because... I've had the privilege that the Lord has allowed me for whatever reason he did this, I don't know. And I'm not gonna, it's none of my business. He let me see it because perhaps he thought that I needed to. But I saw my guardian keeping watch on the bridge that the demons would use to come from the deep darkness to come to me. And he was my guardian was there and I know he's there and I'm not going to give up I will not give up because God never gave up on me he will not give up on you when he promises that he will be with us always he's not giving up he could say oh there he goes, off trudging in the dark again, gonna go try to, do, man, I'm not going this time. God never says that. God never says that. And there's a number of contemporary artists and the songs that they sing, I love the songs. What was her name? Uh, Tasha Layton, I think that's her name. I can't remember if I got it right or got it backwards or mixed up. Um, sorry. But she sings a song. And Lauren Daigle, I remember her. Um, Tasha Layton, she sings that song, Look What You've Done. Because Satan comes the way he does and he convinces you that the lies he's telling you 
is truth. False evidence appearing real. And what happens? You become caught up in fear. Then you become fearful. And when you become fearful, I've shared this with you before. God doesn't mind that you're afraid. He knows that you're afraid. But when he tells you to jump, you just jump out into the air and he's got his arms up and he's going to catch you. But when you are fearful, then that means that you've given way to the white noise and the interference from the minions of hell and that you're listening to the devil. And you become fearful. Then you react to people the way that you normally wouldn't react to them, that you treat them the way you normally wouldn't treat them. You have no... Compassion, you have no kind of, you just mean, nasty, and a vicious individual. And you talk to them terribly. And why is that? Because you're fearful. Oh, yeah, fear gets you to do a lot of strange things. Have you ever encountered an animal that is hurt and injured and they're afraid? They back up and their tails go down and their ears flatten out and they back up away and they growl, they snarl. And they lash out. Oh, goodness gracious. And you've had them in your company for years and you feed them every day. And then you find out that they're injured. You don't know what to do. And many people have no idea what to do. So what do they want to do? They want to put them down. Oh, they become vicious. And you have individuals that actually talk that nonsense and talk them into doing this because they're all caught up in that false evidence. And they become fearful. They react to things differently than they normally would. People, they act out more and differently than they normally would. They're not dealing with situations the way they would be or normally would be. And they're not in prayer. They get people to walk away from church. And then you have another song that, um, and I love this one too, Um, Lauren Daigle. She sings one called The Rescue. Jesus came to rescue us. He is our redeemer. He's our salvation. He's our savior. And by the grace and mercy of the Lord God Almighty, that we are able to be here. And I am able to share the truth and knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord God Almighty that comes from the Bible through the Holy Spirit. And it's his words and his teaching and his truth that I share. And by his grace and mercy that I even draw the breath for this day. And I'm able to continue the day that the Lord has made. So all these things that Satan's trying to get me to buy and believe in the white noise interference and all this to get me distracted from all these things that are going on and involved in them. And I turn this way and that way and I see all this stuff going on. He tries to get me to forget my focus and the focus needs to be on the Lord God. You can share and talk about Satan because he's real and it's true. But one of his little devices is that he gets you to believe that he's not real. First of all, And then he gets you to believe that if you're talking about him, that you're glorifying him and you're worshiping him and not the Lord. Well, that's a lie because that's all he speaks. To know the enemy is to be aware of his tactics and you can set up a defense and you can be prepared. 
It's not glorifying the devil to know about him. That is most definitely not true. And what's this? Here's this thing. This is uh, C.S. Lewis, Lewis. It's a quotation from him, and I, and I saved it because it's very true. And it's what I'm sharing with you. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils, demons, Satan. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Those are both errors. And the one is that we are drawn into not believing in their existence, which Satan uses as a tactic, and that uh, the white noise interference is that you don't believe and he gets you to believe that you're glorifying him by knowing about him. Well, that's not true because the Bible warns us and tells us to be aware. And you have examples, Job, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, in the midst of Babylon, they could have just given up and they could have just started worshiping the demons of the false deities and the false gods of Babylon. Could have done that, but they didn't do that. They stood upright, they stood bold and courageous. Ah, the tough got going and they moved forward. They moved forward with the spirit of God in his belief and in truth. They didn't become confrontational, but they stood true and they stood firm and they were righteous. And so much so that when the three brothers were thrown into the fiery furnace to be consumed, Nebuchadnezzar saw something there. He wasn't aware of. He might have overheard or eavesdropped on some of their teachings and sharing. But you got to remember, we're talking about 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ or longer. And yet, Nebuchadnezzar sat on the edge of his seat because he saw something. He saw something and he threw a rhetorical question at his counselors. And he said, did we not put three men into the furnace to be consumed? Why then is there a fourth walking around freely, walking about free of bonds, and he is like unto the Son of God. So when the toughness comes and that white noise comes up and how difficult everything is going to be and how tough it's going to be for us to continue, be that tough, upright, bold, courageous Christian warrior that we are told we are. Don't be that 
lame excuse that fall into that foible that declaring that, oh, it's all good because I've read the end. And the end says we win. But yes, what good are you to those that need you now? What good are you to those that need you now? Those that need us now are the ones that have not heard the word of God. And the word of God is the gospel of the Bible, the truth from the front to the beginning, from the front to the end and the end to the front. Rule of faith, we read from front cover to back cover, back cover to front cover, and we go and it's intertwined and it's all interrelated. And there's many, many times that Jesus has shared and shown in the Old Testament, not only amongst the prophecies, but I've shared this with you before. Joshua ran into him. Nebuchadnezzar saw him. Those are books of the Old Testament. They saw and recognized Jesus for who he is. The only begotten son of God, the authority of heaven, the captain of the hosts of the heaven. (sighs) Brothers and sisters, this truth I share with you. God is with us always. And we're going into this new year and there's already, already the media is starting to just pump out the negativity and all this political poison and nonsense. There's, man, I have so many discontinued deletes in my, I go through things. There is so much garbage Political garbage about whose side to what side and this side and that side. You take no side. Just like Joshua when he encountered on the pathway to the Valley of Jericho. Are you with us or are you with our adversaries? And the response from the Lord was nay. The captain of the hosts of heaven takes no side except for righteousness. You don't pray for what politician you want in the office. You don't pray for those things. You don't pray for God to take a side. God's side is with you anyway. But you pray for the righteousness, the boldness, the upright, and the courage to keep going through those tough things. And he will, he will, and he does. I've shared with you so many times, whatever his plans are with me, and see, this is a thing that the devil tries to do now. He tries to get me all stirred up and get me to, oh, the Lord brought you all this way and look look what's going on now. You needed this, you needed that, and you got this and this and that, and this and that and the other thing. No, I don't. All I need to do is keep my focus on him, rebuke those staticky white noise interfering with my focus, stay focused on the word, stay focused on the truth, share his word and be about my father's business. That's all I need to do. I don't need to take sides on anything except for his side. And doing so and walking in faith I am staying about my father's business and doing what my father desires me to do. And that's to share the word with anyone 
who will have an ear and listen with spiritual hearing and hear his truth and his knowledge and his wisdom and walk into this unknown world. Remember, tomorrow isn't promised. You're going to go down the road into 2023. You're not going to see what's around the bend because that's none of your businesses yet. What is your business is to be about our father's business, to share his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. And what is around the bend, it's there. It doesn't matter. What you do is you know that the detour is the road. I believe that's another uh, I believe that's another song that uh, ah it is indeed. The detour is the road. And the words of this are very, very, very powerful. Written by Crystal Wells, Kelly Needham, and Sarah Kroger. Some great singers. Don't let my heart grow cold or despise the weight. This is not unkindness. This is not disgrace. I am not Passover in my suffering. You hold my broken heart and my broken dreams. Your love has held me warmly through the night. And I have seen your faithfulness with my own eyes. The empirical evidence that I have seen in his faithfulness tells me, tells me that I am not left alone. And his faithfulness I have seen with my own eyes. And I know it to be true. God didn't bring me here just to dump me off. There's a purpose that he has. You've been good to me. I am safe to hope. I will dare to believe. And when the way is long and slow, and I am full of doubt, but you are kind and close, I will trust the detour is the road. I will not pretend that it comes easily to follow when I'm sure I know what's best for me. I've got lots of questions, but I know the truth that I have never lived a day apart from you. And somehow every unexpected climb makes your goodness that much harder to deny. You've been good to me, I am safe to hope. I will dare to believe when the way is long and slow and I am full of doubt, but you are kind and close. I will trust the detour is the road. And this is a thing that Satan does not want us to believe. He wants us to believe that long overshadowed bend in the road that's long and dark. And some, and I've traveled some roads that are like that in this physical plane of existence. When you look down, the trees are grown over. It looks almost like a tunnel you're driving through, but it's over the roadway and it's so dark in there. There's no moonlight coming in the night there's no there's no overhead light it's really dark down there that's what he wants us to see in our walk and he wants us to believe that we are alone and we're on our own down that dark 
desolate, lonesome roadway. But what I choose to believe is this young writer puts in the lyrics, I am safe to hope. The hope in my Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit and faith in my Father God shows me that I am safe. And I have seen too many times, it's that word that I've shared with you before, the empirical evidence is evidence that is shown that cannot be denied because it is just there. You have seen it take place and it cannot be denied because you have seen the reality of that. I have seen too many times that my Lord has picked me up and this, and Satan keeps coming at me now. I mean, I'm on this, uh, <sighs> I'm on the injured reserve list for now. And during this time, he wants to, me to keep believing that I haven't got anything and that everything is dark and dank and I'm left on my own and, but you know what? I'm not, I'm never alone. Even when I don't have things that the devil tries to get me to believe that I should have, why? I don't need it. God provides what I need. He provides that hope and that anchor that I have my hands on that I can pull myself because it's tied to my anchor, my rock, my salvation, my truth. And when I pull on that anchor rope to keep me from drifting, it pulls me where? It pulls me in and through the truth, the knowledge and wisdom of my Lord God. It pulls me right back through the word of God. And to get me to that anchor, I go through the word. His truth and knowledge that he shares with me. His truth is knowledge and wisdom that I share with you because that's what he gives to me. I am about my father's business. And when the going gets tough, I'm gonna keep right on going. Why? Because God gave me a suit of armor and he promises to be beside me. It doesn't matter how long the trudge or how long the walk is. But here's the other thing that people forget too. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Sorry about that. That they think that God has got to travel this great distance from wherever he might be in order to get to them when they're going through some trouble. But what they don't realize and what they have forgotten and what Satan chooses to get them not to understand and believe and remember is that if you simply turn your head partially to your shoulder and say, God, I'm feeling pretty alone right now. You don't even have to say it in a loud voice. Why? Because God is right there. He's standing right beside you. You might not see him. But you have to have faith that he's there. I had someone share this with me once. The greatest distance that God ever is away from you is the distance from your knees to the floor. What does that mean?
That means that if you decide that you're going to take a prayer posture and talk to God and you're going to kneel down before his might and majesty, that's the greatest distance God ever is away from you. God is right there where he can just reach out and put his hands on you. And know and understand this, just like the lithograph, and I've shared this a number of times with you. When you look over his shoulder and you see one set of footprints, that's when God was carrying you. And just like his child says, where'd you go? We were walking along the shore and I looked back and I saw one set of footprints. Why did you leave? God just looks and that smile and you see his eyes crinkle up because he's smiling. He goes, my child, I didn't go anywhere. You only saw one set of footprints in the sand because that's when I was carrying you. He knew and he knows when it's very, very tough. And he picks you up. And I believe that that night when he allowed me to see my guardian and he gave me that vision, that was one of those times. He knew that I was having a difficult time and things were going on. And he allowed me to see that. I have been blessed with so much. God blesses me in doing this about my father's business. He's blessed me by allowing this podcasting to take place, his, his podcasting. And now that we went there, I'm gonna share this with you right quick. I'm gonna make it quick and cut off. This is his because when I was trying to I had somebody actually say that I should do this because I have, and I prayed for knowledge and wisdom from God, and he shared that. Well, for some individuals, that makes them uncomfortable. That's unfortunate, but I was told that I should do this. So I started researching and it was gonna be really, really, really expensive. And I prayed about it. And I just released it and let it go. And within a short little while later, God took me back in. I started leafing through the pages on the, on the web and going through the different various ways to do this. And all of a sudden I saw a very interesting logo that was not present before. Little purple square. Interesting that purple is the color of royalty, just thought I'd share that. And then there was a little golden squiggly line through it. And it's interesting that the anchor that we talk about and the rope that's attached to our anchor, which is the rock, and that rock is the Lord, and it's a golden rope, that rope of hope that takes us through the word and has us attached to our Lord 
and keeps us from floating off in the current. I love the logo because it also is the name of this thing. It's called Anchor. And how appropriate that God knew that he was going to do this and take me into this. And it's all free. <laughs> it's all free. All these other things I was looking at, well, it's going to cost you this and this and this and that. You got to get an editor. You got to get this and you have to have this and you have to have this and this and this and this. We're talking about several thousand dollars before I can even get to produce and then I have to get editors to cut it and send it out there. And don't have to do that. God has provided this for his truth and his knowledge and his wisdom. And this is about my father's business. This is not about me. This is about my father's business. My heavenly father has me to share and I can reach out to so many. And I love the fact that this is available and anyone can hear this anywhere. And I will be about my father's business. Why? Because my father has been faithful to me, so I need to be faithful to my father and be about his truth. And that's just the way it is. My father has shown me so much and so many times that he is faithful. Thank you, Father. Brothers and sisters, remember, all you have to do is turn your head and speak his name or kneel down and take a prayer posture. Thank him, praise him, and worship him for his truth. And our Lord Jesus is available as his only begotten son. He came to die on the cross for each and every one of us. And he came to do that while we were still at enmity with him. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. Am I going out in the start of the day? Am I coming in to end the day? I pray for your strength, your uprightness, boldness, and courage in his truth. In his truth. <laughs>